hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. I mean, I've been familiar with the Bible since childhood. I have a degree in biblical study. I dug to discover who Paul was as a human, as a person, as a man. I started to see him as if for the very first time. I saw his motives and goals, intentions and priorities. I saw the things that mattered to him and what he was indifferent to. I saw his attitude toward his mistakes and what he was willing to die for. And when I saw those things, y'all, he came alive. I mean, I'd read plenty of opinions over time, like, like Nietzsche, for example, called him one of the most ambitious of men whose superstition was only equaled by his cunning, a much tortured, much to be pitied man, an exceedingly unpleasant person, both to himself and to others. Frederick Farrer, chaplain to Queen Victoria, described him in this way, that he was loftily superior, disdaining mortal weaknesses above ordinary passions, a saint in cold marble. The famed artist and sculptor Basil Matthews, he portrayed him as a muscular hero, a man who any boy would idolize. But y'all, none of those images or descriptions resembled the man I was getting to know. Like the Paul that I've come to know, he's far more exciting than that. He's far more radical than anything I'd ever heard or imagined. And so I decided I wanted to bring a series of teachings on his most monumental literary work, the Book of Romans. And as I've written these, I've tried to make Paul and his amazing story both reachable and relevant to anyone, whether they be Protestant or Catholic, Jew or Gentile. And I clearly felt God challenged me to make these things more accessible, which is why I've been doing these Zoom calls called Ask Pastor Sean. And we're going to do that again this week. Same time, same place, eight o'clock Tuesday night, just RSVP on our website. And I've loved those calls. They've been so interesting. They've been so engaging. They've challenged me and encouraged me. So I want to continue in this journey that we've been on with a teaching that we're actually going to cut into multiple parts. I want to share a teaching that we're calling When. Hey, hi, this is Pastor Scott. And you're listening to Chew On That. This week we're listening or paying attention to or chewing on, I guess, the sermon when from Pastor Sean's sermon series, Romans, the greatest letter ever written. And today I have a very special guest, my very best friend, Mandy Wilkie. Say hi, Mandy. Hi, everybody. It's great to have you here today. Thanks for coming in. Hey, why don't you tell, I mean, I feel like everyone knows you. And so maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so my name's Mandy. I'm a mom of three, a busy mom of three. I own a business, a private monthly publication called Ledgeview Living. And right now during COVID, I'm doing what everyone else is trying to do and just survive day by day. Hmm. Are you from Green Bay originally? I'm not. I'm actually from South Dakota. Um, no kidding. Is that where Sunny's from? Uh, I think she's from Montana, oh, but spent some, square, some time in state. South Dakota. Yeah, you know, all square. the Midwest all kind of blends together. Yeah, so, but yes, I think, um, she, I know South Dakota has a special place in her heart. I just don't remember exactly why. I, see. I think that might've been like where they drove to do their big shopping trips, Oh, which doesn't say a lot because South Dakota has two major cities, <laughs> but um, my parents are still there. Uh, after I graduated from college, I moved to the Chicago suburbs for a few years with my dad's sister, um, lived out there. And and then moved here 18 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so awesome. So how long have you been at Life Church? Uh 
This year, this summer will be three years already. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's gone by fast. How did you find it? Um, I actually, after my divorce, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could really stay at the church that I was at. I needed a fresh start and I visited a few churches in Green Bay before I stumbled upon life. Um, I think I avoided it a little bit at first because I kind of wanted to go somewhere where I might not run into anyone I know, um, because it's hard to switch churches and go through those changes. And, um, it was a total God thing when I showed up because the first person that I saw when I walked in was Lori Engelbert. Uh, and I hadn't probably seen her in 10 years. And her daughter, Danielle, used to babysit my oh, for wow. many, many years. And I knew her in a past church life. And I walked in and feeling a little uneasy and a little nervous, as as people probably do when they come to the, a church sure. this size. Yeah. And she threw her arms around my neck. And it's been my home ever since. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So today, like I said, we're talking about Sean's most recent sermon, uh, When, in the Romans series. And boy, this, in this sermon, as I was trying to get this, the, um, sound bites together for us to discuss, I realized that it, the whole thing until the last five minutes was really just a story, right? Really just Sean telling the story of Paul. And in one way I was like, Oh, but where's the cheering from Sean? Like I want him to like motivate me and I want him to, I don't know, inspire me. And I want him to, but like, like he said at the start, like this is more of, you know, a, a teaching than it is a preaching. And uh, I loved getting the context of Paul because there were things that, that he told me about Paul that I'd never known, right? Like there was, I mean, I, just, I never got my head around that. And I feel like sometimes we look at Bible characters as characters. Like we don't look at them as people. We just think of them as what we know from the Bible and what, you know, we've seen And we don't think about like what it was like when they were growing up and what was it like before we hear about them in the Bible? What was it like after we hear about them in the Bible? And so I love getting this context of what kind of pressure would have been on Paul, you know, as a, as a son of a business person, as a a son of someone who was influential in the church, as you know, someone that had high hopes that probably, you know, before we started today, Minnie and I were talking about her kid and she was talking about how you have to, you have to speak things into Thoughts become things. Thoughts become Thoughts things. Become things. And you have to be able to visualize yourself um, down the road in the future. Uh, can you see yourself? But thoughts become things. So if you tell yourself, I'm probably not going to get the part, chances are you might not get the part. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to get the part, you're going to go into the audition differently. Right. That's how I try to look at things. So, it's, I mean, it's stuff that we've heard, right? That's not, mm-hmm. I mean, as smart as you are, right? Like that's, I mean, that's visualization. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. Yeah. Right? And that's mm-hmm. like projection. And that's right. even Robert Schuller. He was a guy. Do you remember Robert Schuller? I don't know. Come on. I'm bad anyway, with on names. On Sunday morning, he had this he had this show in the Crystal Cathedral in in. Uh, I mean, I'm a lot younger than you, Scott. You so are um, a lot younger than me. I'm just kidding. But if people could see our faces, they would know for sure that you're younger than um, me. Okay. Anyway, Robert anyway. Schuller had this the power of positive thinking, right? Like yes. he was famous for that. Like mm-hmm. that was just, and so you can imagine where Paul would have imagined himself as being a Pharisee, as being part of the Sanhedrin or Hedron, right? And so like for him to like try and make a go of that and then 
be changed spiritually so he couldn't pursue that? Like how disappointing that must have been. And so then Sean talks about if you've got heard the message, like you've got to go back and hear the message and it's, and you, but you got to pay attention. It's not just like you can listen to it and do the dishes at the same time. It's something you got to sit down and super duper watch. Right. And we chatted a little bit about that because I said I did watch it um, or listen to it. I should say, well, I guess I watched it this morning, but it really is something that I need to go back and deep dive into because in the end, I shared this with you before we jumped on here. Um, when Sean takes it and applies it personally, that's when it clicks for me. Yeah. So I almost wish he would do that in the beginning of the message and then recap <laughs> it again. So you know kind of what to listen for too yeah. and to connect the dots on. But yeah. I need to go back and re-listen again as well. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, you could totally look at the story of Paul and, and just like skip over the part of him. Like he was in a cave, right? He was like in, uh, what is it called? Like when you leave your country, you're, um, there's a word like for exiled. It. Like you're exiled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're I'm welcome. Glad. And so, um, but you can see where he, you know, he, as an exile and like how many of us in our lives feel like we've gone through seasons of exile where <laughs> we're like, my family hates me. My friends hate me. God hates me. You know what I mean? And it seems like you're never, ever going to get out of that cave. Right. It, no, I think that is a huge thing to look back on. And, um, you know, when we talk about some of these questions at the end, it, and you reflect on it, sometimes you don't even realize you're in the cave yeah. until you're out of it. Yeah. And then you go back and say, wow, that was a season in my life that impacted me. Um, but when you're living it, you don't always see it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or the opposite can be true where you're like, I mean, not the complete opposite, but when you're in it, you're like, I'm totally in this and I'm never getting out of this. And this is the worst thing. And right. There's you, no light. Right. Yeah. There's right. no light. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to like the conversations that we're having, you know, like with uh, pastor Becky on journey to wholeness and this idea of like, you know, acknowledging where you are and stop, um, reacting mm -hmm. to your cave and instead respond to it. It sounds like the same thing, but it's not because like a lot of us spend our whole lives. If we were Paul, just being mad that we're in the cave or being mad that we got kicked out of the Pharisee club or whatever. And we're just like, and then we lament and we tear our shirts and we sit on ash and we just never get out of that. But right. you know, we get, the sooner you can stop reacting to what life throws at you, what, you know, and then responding and strategizing through it, like the better off you are, because you're just going to get exhausted. Just right. keep swinging at life because life's going to win. Every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. So anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to go through Sean's questions at the end of, uh, from the end of his sermon. And then we're just going to talk about those, like, and what they mean to us. So mm -hmm. let's jive, jive, let's jive in. Okay. Sucker. <laughs> I don't even know what driving in looks like. Uh. We're going to dive in right now. Hang on. And Paul's experience and mine, it, it makes me think of you. And so I have three questions I want you to think about this week. Here's the first. What events in your life have you overlooked? You know, nothing happens that God can't redeem. Romans 8 tells us we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. What events have you overlooked? Um, first, I want to start by saying that um, these were some big questions that he threw at us. These sure. weren't like, what did you have for dinner last night? Or think back to last week. These are like, I'm... 44 years old and there's been some big events that have probably um, happened that I really have never thought again about. 
Um, and I, I think one of the first ones that came to my mind was I looked back and maybe part of this is something to do with my personal situation and how it's changed with, with my divorce and things. But, um, when I was 23 years old, um, uh, a gentleman from the health club that I worked at in Illinois gave me an opportunity to come and work in his office uh, as an office administrator. And I wasn't really excited about the job that I had. So I, I said, yeah, let's let's talk. And so we sat down for an interview that turned into, I think, just short of three hours. And when we were done, he's like, you can't be in this office. You need to be out in the field selling and being with people. And I remember thinking, yeah, no, I don't I didn't go to college to be a sales person. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, I started working for him and I, I started in sales with him and I, and I worked for him for about three, two and a half years before I decided to get married and, and move. And I remember him saying to me, you need to make this decision in a very big way. Um, I know you're excited about your new life and your new opportunities, but I want you to really consider the opportunity that you have here in Illinois um, with the potential possibly to maybe take over his business down the road because mm. his kids didn't work for him. Wow. And I did not, looking back on it, I didn't really weigh out all of the pros and cons of that decision. I think at that time in my life, I was like, this is the next step to get married, raise a family. Um, you know, this makes more logical sense right now because if we have kids down the road, I, I want to be in a place where there's family. Um, and then I kind of shut the door. I never really sat down and thought about what my life or our life could look like if I made a different decision about staying in that profession mm -hmm. um, and staying with that job and no regrets, but that's an event I think that would have greatly or could have greatly changed my path. Um, not, not the personal side of it, but professionally for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I want to talk about events, but before that, something you said just reminded me, like, I feel like for many of us, we, feel like there's this uh, roadmap for what life needs to look like. And if you're not applying or adhering to the roadmap, you're a failure Yeah. or you're a weirdo or you're, you know, you're just, for me, it was always a failure. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is your point. Like, nope, I got to go get married and have kids and have a house. And right. What are you talking about? Not doing it that way. That's the way everyone does it. Mm -hmm. and if you don't do it that way, you're weird or you're stupid or you're a failure. Right. And so like, I don't know if you're hearing this and you're not on a map, let me just tell you that it's totally okay to not be on a map. Right. Like if this COVID is teaching us anything that normal is just a construct that we've all just put together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's maps that have detours and there's maps that have paths that aren't roads. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's a path. Maybe it's a, a trail that you jump on that's not even on that map. But I think if I could go back to my 23, 24 year old self and say, you really need to look at this from every angle long term, I probably would have made a different decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I also wanted to say that I, if you think that events don't affect your path, don't affect the, you are out of your head, mm -hmm. right? Like even things that you think are the smallest things in the world yeah. have like a lifelong impact. I was thinking about this just yesterday. I was, um, I was talking with my brother and I had mentioned to him that I found a job 
uh, at UWGB as a marketing lecturer. And I'm like, I want to be a marketing lecturer. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I really love to talk and I know marketing and like, why wouldn't I go do right. that? And so I texted my wife. I said, Hey, I want to be a marketing lecturer. And she's like, in all your free time. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's fair, right. Cause True. I've got my own business. Yes. Right. I've, I'm a pastor at church as well. Right. I do a thousand things in the community. Yep. She's absolutely, I've got zero time. Right. You're the and, chronic yeser. Yes. Yes. And so I'm trying to figure out like, so she said, what makes you think that you've got the time or the capacity or the bandwidth because mm-hmm. she's a corporate girl mm-hmm. like to do that. Right. And so, and this goes back to this idea of like, you got to reflect on what your life is. And so as I took a second to try to be self-aware, like, why do I want another job? Right. And then I realized that because I don't feel like, I mean, the business is slow because of COVID, right? you know, and I'm a pastor, but it's like, I'm a part-time pastor. So like, I feel like according to that map, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, at my age, I should be raking right now. Like, I should, you know what I mean? And, and so like, and I don't know that I'm raking. I, I have no idea how much money I have. I have no idea how much money I make really, but like, I felt like I should be doing more. And so I felt like, and so I texted back to my wife. I said, maybe it has to do with the feeling. I feel like I'm worthless. And so I think Kate's totally a pragmatic. And so mm-hmm. rather than saying, Oh honey, you're not worthless. You mean so much to me. And the kids, that's what she said. Yeah. She said, well, if you want to apply for it, you should. Right. So that's what Kate <laughs> says. I'm telling my brother about it. Who's a little bit more like me. Not that one's right or one's wrong, but mm-hmm. just a little bit more. He's like, Scott, you have to get over that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get over. Like you might've been a screw up or a ne'er do well at one point in your life, but you're not that dude anymore. No, you're a different person. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, why do you keep going back to that? Right. And so I try to remember, like, you know, what point in my life did someone tell me that I was worthless or that I was failing? Or and that you, you thought that about yourself, mm-hmm. what created that in you? And then how can you change that pattern? Because I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you. It's happened to me where I've seen my kids or heard my kids say something. And I'm like, why would they say that? And I'm like, Ooh, that's me to yeah. a T. How can I create or break that pattern from happening over and over again. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, and I think as a business owner, you know, from business owner to business owner, um, we are both in a business and in an industry where we're making people happy and we're um, providing something for them that they can see and they love. Yep. And that fulfills us. Uh, I think that we're the type of people, I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't um, love to earn an income and I know what my income is. However, um, we're fulfilled by helping other people. So in a time like this right now where we can't, it's difficult and we're not feeling that we're contributing the way we're designed to. Yeah. So, you know, someone in a corporate world who's still doing their job or, or in a, you know, a necessity world who's still doing their job or still getting a paycheck or feeling valued, um, how we operate, you and I is, you know, love people, loving on people yes. and people loving on us. And when we can't have that, we're like, maybe I need to do more. Yes. What, what more do I need to do? And you're probably maybe trying to fill a little bit of that void in this short term right now. Yeah. I leave mm-hmm. that. Yep. That's good. So it makes me wonder then many other, 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 other events where you like that, you know, there are, there are huge mile markers in your life where you're like, Oh, if I could go back there, I wonder if I would have chosen a different road. Yeah. I mean, there are. So I think a big one for me was choosing to work from home while raising my kids. Um, it made me step back hugely in my career and I was still able to do it, but not do it to the capacity that I had normally done. Um, so I went through a phase in my life where I really didn't appreciate my time with the kids. I more was concerned about, I was kind of half a good mom, kind of half good at my job. You know, I was, I wasn't doing anything a hundred percent and I wasn't giving it my all, but I also didn't really appreciate and respect that time with them. Mm. Um, and I didn't 
I don't think I used it for what it's intended to. I think I spent more of it feeling like maybe it was kind of unfair or that I really didn't want to be at home. So I think I wasn't giving them the best version of myself as a stay at home mom. Um, and I wasn't giving myself the best version of myself as someone who's very driven and wants a career. I think I felt like I had to choose one or the other. Mm. And, um, and it was hard. I think looking back on it, if I would have given myself some time to really dive into a career and be a mom, that would have been ideal. I found now that with my situation, you know, unfortunately I don't have my kids hundred percent of the time, but I can certainly tell you that I feel now I'm a better mom than I was then mm. because I'm more present in the time that I have with them because I appreciate it differently. When they were little, I more was like, Oh, they're keeping me from this or they're keeping me from that. And as terrible as it sounds, that's just me being very honest. I think I would have been better off in my life if I would have contributed more to a career and felt like I was giving my all in something and then really appreciating my time with them differently. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, it, and I love that for you and that's different for everyone, right? Like, like that path's not the only path. Right. Some, right? some women or men would love to be stay at home parents yep. and that's just like what they're designed to do. And they're the, you know, the Pinterest people who have activities through COVID. <laughs> yes. That's not me. I mean, yeah. I try to do a field trip to a place in Green Bay that the kids haven't been to once in a while. Um, we do walks and exercise and things like that, but I'm not doing the, you know, the TikTok challenges or the Lego adventures or, you know, I'm not doing those things. And sometimes that makes me feel insignificant when the truth is we just spoke about the conversations that I've been having with my kids as of late that I probably would have never had the opportunity to have again. Yeah. You know, I have a daughter that's leaving in two years and now I'm like, maybe God gave me this time to connect with her differently than I ever have because she's going to be gone before I know it. Yep. Right. Yeah. So you got to find that. I always say you got to find the joy in the suck. Yeah. So there's a lot of suck with the COVID right now. And the joy is I wouldn't be walking every morning with her if she was going to school every day right That's now. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that, I mean, that goes back to Sean's scripture where he talks that, that, that God works for the good mm -hmm. in all things for those in all that, things. right. And so like, even in the COVID, right. Like I'm sure there's some people that feel like God's punishing us for mm -hmm. something or, and I don't know that I I'm theologically smart enough to buy into that. I don't mm -hmm. think, I don't think that part's true. I know that I know for sure though, that I've seen God work for good in all things, even the bad things. And right. so even in COVID, I feel like he's leveraging that in ways that, you know, I wouldn't expect or, you know, wouldn't have been able to take advantage of this, like you said, with taking walks with your daughter. Right. And I know our, our family is a busy family and we were a gone a lot family and run here, run there family. And as a single mom, I felt like that was even harder because I was constantly picking up and dropping off kids and trying to get them all to where they needed to be. And we've had more dinners at our dinner table than we've had in the 16 years of me being a mom mm. in the last two and a half months. Wow. I mean, and I'm not super proud to say that. Um, but the, the truth was, is it just, it didn't work in our schedules very well. And with the age gaps of my kids, you know, some of those things happen, but, um, there's some good coming from this. And for me, maybe it is just little reminders that I didn't really embrace that time with them when they were little that I had with them. And now I kind of got a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing on this event thing that I thought about just while you were talking is that like we're in an event right now. Mm -hmm. we're, we're all in an event. Yeah. And so like, this isn't something that 
you know, cause sometimes you get through something and you're like, Oh, I wish I would have known, or I wish I would have Listen, You don't have to wish right now because we're in it. Your right. kids are in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is in it. So like, what could you do in the middle of the event that you won't have to go back later and say, I wish I would have like, what could you do right now? How right. could you emerge differently right. from COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, like what can you change? Right. You know, we had talked, you know, in our pre-show, we had talked about how like you were saying like before COVID that you were like, um, like super, we talked about how you were super busy. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. there's like, and, and so you didn't have time to do a lot of stuff. You didn't or have a lot the of time. Yeser, to, the chronic right, yeser. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a lot of time to reflect or self-evaluate. You just, or go. You just were kept going mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to our detriment. Mm-hmm. But now in COVID, we're like, all we have time to do is reflect and self reflect and, right. you know, be aware. It, it kind of actually takes me back to when I found out I was having McGuire um, eight years after I had my first two kids and I was doing everything. I was like on the PTO. I volunteered for this. I was in this committee. I was, you know, mops parent doing all of this stuff. And I remember when I got pregnant with her and I wasn't planning it and I was super sick and just like kind of beside myself of starting over as a mom again. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, this is my reset button. Like I can say to people, oh, sorry, I can't. Like I'm going to have another baby. I got, I got lots going on or I'm having a baby and I wasn't really planning it. So I got to reset my thinking and it allowed me to wipe my slate clean. And I think that that's what COVID's doing for a lot of us too, is to say, what am I giving my time to that actually has meaning? And what am I just giving my time to? Yeah. Use Mm -hmm. this opportunity to totally reinvent yourself. No one would blame you for being different on the outside of this, on the backside of this. And what traditions do we create in COVID that we want to hang on to? I want to have family dinners at my table. What is that going to look like? Well, some of us are going to have to say no or adjust, right? And maybe that means we have it certain days. Maybe that's a Sunday night dinner or whatever it is, but it needs to become a staple because I'm enjoying that. And I, the kids might not admit it, but I think they are too. Yeah. Dig that. Here's the second. What relationships have you overlooked? Who do you have in your life that you haven't been leaning on? Ecclesiastes says, a person standing alone can be attacked and they can be defeated, but two, they can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So what relationships have you overlooked? So as for relationships, it's funny because when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, um, somewhat in the COVID mindset and then somewhat in the overall mindset, right? And in COVID, it's been a little different. Like some of my closest friends who I don't get to see anymore, interact with anymore. That was, those were relationships I overlooked. I took for granted like, oh, okay. I can't go just run, see her, get a hug or spend some time with my best friend. Um, So in COVID there's that, but I think bigger picture is um, when I was 14, I lost my grandfather. So my mom's dad. And he lived with us for about six months. And that was 30 years ago. Right. And that loss was very, very hard and very, very difficult. And I was young and it was the first real experience that I had with the death of a loved one. Um, I still have three living grandparents. Mm. So my grandpa's going to be 92 on Monday and my grandma's right around there. My other grandma's right around there. So I would say 89 to 92. Um, and I think that the, those three relationships for a lot of years, I've gotten better. Um, but for a lot of years, I overlooked them. And right now, 
now in this particular time, like they were around during the Great Depression, right? Like they remember times being tough and they're all very mentally sound and I can have conversations with them. So, you know, as far as leaning on them during something like this, I mean, we have food to eat. We have houses to sleep in, right? So when we think this is like the end of the world, why aren't we leaning on them when they didn't have a lot of food to eat or they necessarily didn't have a warm house to sleep in and they were working way different than we're working now. Um, So I think utilizing them and just taking that for granted. I didn't always sit and listen to the advice that they had or the things they had to say. Part of it was because my, my dad's family was very big. So it was just chaos all the time. But when I was home this last year for Christmas, um, my grandparents weren't feeling well, so they didn't come. They, they live in Minnesota, right? right next to South Dakota. They didn't come because with them not feeling well and all of the people around and my dad woke us up, my sisters and I on Christmas morning and said, we're going to drive to see grandma and grandpa. And I was so excited. Um, but we sat the, the three, my two sisters, my dad, and then grandma and grandpa and I, and we had conversations about, um, when my dad was little and I'm 44 and I've never heard some of these stories. So I think just sometimes taking the time, you know, sometimes it's, it can be a little bit like, oh, I got to go visit one more person when I'm home or I got to squeeze in one more thing, but just really the time to listen to them and the things that they've seen over the years and reflected on and almost the things they knew. I'll never forget um, when I drove home to talk to my parents about my divorce that was coming. Um, my grandpa, I stopped to see him first and he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And whatever happens, you're going to get through it. It's almost like he knew and he's got a lot of grandkids and a lot of great grandkids and he knew. So I think sometimes those staples in our lives, um, that would be a relationship looking back on that. I would say I probably, have overlooked Mm. what value they could have brought to my life, even from an advice. You know, sometimes we look at them and say, well, they're older. You know, they don't know. They can't imagine. Mm, I think they can. And I think sometimes they can to a magnitude we'll never understand or appreciate. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I also think like, I love that, but I also, and yes. And like, I feel like in this COVID season, I know I told you before we started that it's not about COVID. It's, this is, should just be forever. But like, I feel like when we think about when we're in our cave, if we look at mm-hmm. COVID as our cave mm-hmm. and what relationships, like who our Barnabases are, mm-hmm. like who could come and fetch us out. Yeah. Like this is a great opportunity to see like who, like who cares about you? Right. You know what I mean? Because the Who's people- checking in on you? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or who will yeah. do something for you in this moment? Right. 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 I mean, those are the people that like, because there's some people like, I'm not leaving my house. I'm not leaving it for you. I'm not mm-hmm. leaving it. I'm not leaving. Nope. I'm not. Nope. Right. And you're like, okay, I get that. I mean, not the, mm-hmm. I mean, it's totally okay. But the people that will like extend themselves for you, mm-hmm. like that's a relationship that I want to pour into. You bet. And I think- um the, the, the word lonely has a new meaning. Um, you know, for me, it took me a little bit back to when I first got divorced and I had to learn to live in a quiet house when the kids would leave. And I would be like, this is, this isn't okay. And it took me a while. And then I got busy doing other things to distract me because I knew I needed to be distracted. I can't do those things now. I can't go and hang out with my friends or go to the farmer's market or do whatever, do whatever. So I think that does kind of um, put a a new perspective on things. Mm. I can say, and not proud of this, but this is me being honest. I haven't leaned on my church people 
like I should. I haven't necessarily admitted to people like I need you to check in on me. Uh, it's different when you're alone and your kid, you're alone. Like some people are like, I could use a day without my spouse. And then you have the other side of the coin where I'm like, I could sure use some human interaction, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, or a hug or whatever it is. But um, so I think I haven't relied on my church people. I haven't, when I've had downtime, intentionally gone on to Life Church's page and utilize it for all the, the tools that they've given. Um, and I don't know why that is. I think sometimes there's shame. Sometimes people feel bad. Sometimes people feel they don't want to share if they need something. Mm. They, I'm not a good person to ask for help. I've gotten better. But, you know, you just more kind of like fight through it alone. But I think the church family for me, this is where I would come no matter what on a Sunday morning, no matter what my morning looked like, I'd feel better when I left. Yeah. And, and not that you can't feel good when you're listening to a message online, but it wasn't always about just the message. It right. was about the high fives or the hugs or the people that you saw. So just leaning on those people that you know aren't going to judge you or they're not going to say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. They're going to acknowledge it and they're going to say it's okay especially in this church. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. You know, we're not, we're not designed to be perfect. Yeah, so no, I dig that. Yeah. In fact, in, um, at Life Church downtown, uh, which still meets every Sunday at six o'clock, uh, on zoom, you're <laughs> always welcome to join us. We've been talking about like how, and then we should go one step further than that. Like who can we be a Barnabas to? Yeah. Like rather than who should we find a Barnabas in? Like who could we be a Barnabas to? Who yeah. could we be a disciple or a servant to? Mm -hmm. Because I find like, I said this a while ago on the Facebook. I'm always famous for like thinking of something and put on the Facebook and then people tell me that I'm stupid for saying that yeah. or like I didn't think yeah. that through. But <clears throat> I'd said like, like for me anyway, the greatest self-help for me is to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Like I, I find so much satisfaction, so much growth, so much joy, joy mm -hmm. out of helping someone else. That yeah. That's a great self-help for me. Yeah. And so in this time, when you're like, how do you help someone right now? Like you can't touch them. You can't, right. there's and like, I'm pretty connected, mm -hmm. you know, in town. And there's like a million things you could do tomorrow to make a difference in someone's life. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe it's as simple as putting some sidewalk chalk in your car and writing a message, right? It doesn't always have to have this high monetary ticket value. Nope. It just has to be like, Hey, I know you're here and I know this must be hard for you. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. I had a teacher friend, Kelly, she, uh, texted me and she said, Hey, I have a kid who I can't interact with because outside of school, mm -hmm. um, fraternal fraternization, whatever. Fraternization. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she said he lives at a place where he needs to get a lunch every day and he's not getting a lunch because his mom's something, right? Yeah. Whatever his mom yeah. is, he's not getting a lunch. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could take him a lunch every day? And I'm like, sure. I'll go every day. Mm -hmm. Right. So that costs me not, I mean, gas, but I mean, gas is really cheap right now. Right. Right. So like I go to house school and I pick him up a lunch and I drive it over to his house and I drop it off on his thing and he comes out and he waves at me and. And that know, fills you with joy. It does. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I mean, like how would that, I mean, I'm sure he's not going to starve to death. Right. But I mean, like, I don't know. And then I found out that there's a kid next door that was walking to that school to get four lunches. So I'm like, well, just give me five lunches and I'll drop it off to that kid too. And so like, and again, I'm not, I'm not telling those things because I think that I'm awesome. I don't think that I am, but it's like, there's a lot of you could do. There's a lot right. that you could do. Right. And I think we all, um, just out of scarcity mindset or, you know, it's easier for us to, um, see someone doing something on Facebook and say, well, they're not supposed to be doing that. 
It's really easy for us to justify why we're not because we're not, I'm air quoting here, supposed to, when the reality is, is do we ever feel maybe that way because we know we could be doing more than what we're doing? Whether it's raking your neighbor's yard or, you know, helping someone split wood or whatever, it's easy to say, well, we're not supposed to. Well, sure, we're not supposed to, but could you do it safely? Is there a way around it where you're not? Yeah, we're not going to play on a playground here. Right. We're delivering meals to kids or whatever it is. Yeah, and I'm guilty. I could be doing more. Absolutely. If I'm going to make a mistake, I want to make a mistake in generosity rather than in, I don't know, not. Yes. (laughs) Whatever the opposite of generosity is. Not generous. Right. Yes. (laughs) Here's the third. What calling have you overlooked? First Corinthians tells us every person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to, just as God has called them. What's God called you to? What's he doing in you in this cave? What's he doing in you in this pandemic that could be laying the groundwork for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think for me, there's a couple things. Um, There's some things that I've realized, like while in COVID, again, not to make this all about COVID and then some things while not. But um, I used to sing in the old church that I was at and I did that for for about 10 years. And it really made me feel connected to the people in the church. Um, And I would often get people that would comment and say, oh, I love seeing you up there. I love watching you. I look forward to being up there. And I I kind of let that go, actually, when I was pregnant with McGuire. And then there was some changes in the church and I let that go. And I really don't sing at all anymore other than, you know, from from this, from the congregation. Um, but I think for me, for a period of time, that was my calling and I knew it. Like I knew that's where I was supposed to be. I wasn't the best singer in the group by any means, but I could just connect with people through the songs. Um, I think, um, here it's funny because I did some, I did my, um, Sunday, what are they? The two week classes with you and Sonny. Yep. Growth uh, track. Growth track. Yeah. And it was funny because you, you take this little like almost survey to see where you'd fit in. And I'm like, well, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I haven't plugged myself in yet. And so I think some of this in this time, I've sat back and reflected on some of the things that I should have been doing that I I hadn't done yet. And what are the first things I want to do when we come back out? And one of them for me is, is the greeting, right? Like that's my jam. Like I want to be one of the first faces you see when you walk in. Um, I want to hold the door for you. I want to high five you. I want to say welcome, whatever, because that's what I I like that. And if I don't know you, I like it even better. Right. Um, But I think one of the things that I've probably missed during this time as a calling is I have a few pretty close friends that are not Jesus people. And we've had multiple conversations over the years um, about what being a Jesus person looks like, what sin looks like, what faith looks like. And not to the point where we get into arguments, but kind of in the point where we like, okay, tap out for the day. We're not talking about it anymore. And then we just kind of move on. And, And I think in this opportunity, I've said more than once you got to just keep the faith, right? You got to keep the faith through this. You got to, you got to know that God's going to take care of us. You got to know that if you did the right things, God will take care of you. Like if you tithed, if you showed up, if you, God's not going to let this fall on everybody. In my opinion, that's, that's my faith. And I think I haven't probably utilized this opportunity in a way where I could say to them, do you need something bigger right now? Do you need to 
learn a little bit more about what faith looks like? Do you need to believe in a higher power right now? Just right now, because you're barely holding on in this. And I've seen people that aren't Jesus people barely hold on in this. And I think, how are we, how am I here? You can't see my hands, but how am I here? And how is a friend of mine who's in a very similar situation, business owner, you know, provider for his family, that kind of thing. How is he so much lower than me? What's, what's, what's going on? Because we're not that different. And then I realize you don't have a higher power in this. It's even darker than what it is for people that have faith. So I think, and, and sometimes having Jesus conversations are really tough, right? And they're a hard thing to approach, but I think that I could be using this time a little differently to say, let's talk about what it looks like in this time where I'm not asking you to go to church. I'm not asking you to show up, but you know, here's the life church site. Here's a message that I think might speak to you. Just listen in your 12 hours at home today. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like 15 things I want to (laughs) say. So the first one is yes, that, I mean, you have a gift, you have a gift of uh, engagement. You have a gift of brightness. You have a gift of network. You have a gift. You are Manny, you're underutilizing that. And so like, I, I wasn't planning on saying any of this, but I'm telling you anyway, because there's a whole table between us. It's not like you could punch me in the face. It's a long reach. It is. So listen, for real though, for real, if you feel like, if you feel like you're blessed, right? If you feel Mm -hmm. like even despite your circumstances, right? Even despite everything we talked about before the show, Mm -hmm. right? All that stuff. Right. If you still feel like you have blessing and you have hope, then you have an obligation Mm -hmm. to like give someone else that hope and that blessing to make them aware of that. Right. And so like for you to keep it under wraps, that's ridiculous. Well, I think sometimes too, we put it under wraps because I, I feel like if I'm not a pastor, if I'm not no, ordained, no, if I don't know up. the Bible shut verse, up. right? But that's I'm just, the, that's I'm just what telling we you. play. Right. You bet. And so like, mm-hmm. and how much realer, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I feel like you Mandy just told me to like sh- I you're... think you told me to shut up. I did. Okay. <laughs> so I just feel like, I feel like it's, it's going to mean so much more for you from you to mm-hmm. these friends that mm-hmm. it would ever come. I mean, I, I know Sean's really great. Like he's indescribably great. Mm-hmm. Right. And certainly for sure, there's messages of his that wouldn't resonate with them, but it's not going to mean more in a million years than what you have to say. Right. You know? And so like, and that's, and that's the thing. I think that in church, the church that we don't have anymore, church is going to, even when COVID's over, we're not going to come out of this the same church right. is going to look different. Right. Mm-hmm. And so And so when this whole thing started, churches were like, the church was never about the building, right? And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great slogan, but it's the truth. So when you talk about how, yeah, it's great to come and listen to Pastor Sean, or it's great to come and listen to the band, they do really great, and they've got smoke and lasers, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But really it was about the connection. That's the church. Right. And so... And the church, the church isn't expanded by pastors or worship bands. The church is expanded by people like you and like me sharing the hope that we've got. Mm-hmm. Not like in a Bible thumping, you better do this right or you're going to go to hell kind of way. But listen, what Jesus has done in my life, I think he can do in your life. In fact, I know that he can. Right. And so like, I feel like that's a really big deal. And I feel like, like, uh, like if I were picking like kickball teams of 
gospelness. <laughs> Of evangelicism. I don't know how to say any of these words right now. Right? Right. If I were picking a team, many would be like, you'd be like the first person that I would pick. Right. Because you've got this, you've got this thing. You've got the it. Well, thank you. I'm not trying to make you feel great, but I'm just telling you the truth. Well, you did. So that helps. Yeah. Anyway, Um, I just feel like. But you're right. You're right. I mean, we, we do, we have this obligation and especially when we've seen, God do amazing things through the sock. And, and then we, we'd say to ourselves, Oh, maybe it's because I tithed this worked out or, Oh, maybe it's because I did this. And then you think about it and you're like, no, it's, it's yes. Those are parts of it, but it's because I believe in a higher power that's showing up right now. Right. We were talking about, and this is the other thing I want to tell you about. So I'm going to come back to this, but I'm going to start with it, but I'll come back to it. We were talking about an alpha today that, because we were talking about prayer and alpha. Like, what does that even mean? Why do we even pray? How does it even work? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. What, like gross, right? Because for people like me, I grew up, like I memorized my prayers, yep. right? Our mm-hmm. fathers, how Mary's, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Grace before dinner, bless us, O Lord, for these, I guess, which yep. we're about to receive Come from Lord thy Jesus, bounties, whatever right? it That's is, it, yep. right? Mm-hmm. That's how you prayed. Yep. Turns out the prayer wasn't anything like that. No. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so we were talking about prayer. Crap, not my place. Lost it. Dang it. Happens. Because <laughs> we were talking about how. Oh, maybe it had to do with the fact that we feel like it has to be a certain way. Like right. I feel like I, I have to be it. a yes. pastor. Nope, okay. Yep. So, um, so often we think of prayer as being like, as though God were a genie from Aladdin or as though you were like the fairy godmother, mm-hmm. you know, from Cinderella. Like he's only there when we're at the end of our rope and we've got a hope or wish that he comes around or that we want to win the lottery or that we want right. something bad to happen to our enemy. Like, or that we need something. Yes. Yes. It's a reaction instead of a proaction. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in prayer, nothing has nothing to do with that. And in fact, faith has nothing to do with that. Cause you were talking earlier about, you know, what if I were just good or whether I just tithe and those are great things, mm-hmm. but that's not the condition of our faith. No. The condition of our faith is saying, I can't do this. And how many times have you sat in your car? Because I've sat in my car a million times. <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. Right. And so your friends, right? And my friends, who who's sitting out there thinking, I can't do this. Or I'm not going to get through it. Right. Or, you know, I'm not going to come out the same. Well, yeah, you're not. So right. how do you want to come out of this differently? Right. So that, what do you so, want it to look like? So faith, all faith is just saying, God, I need you. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I keep mm-hmm. screwing this up, you know, and I keep doing the same thing and thinking it's going to be better. It's never going to be better. That's insanity. I'm, right. Mm-hmm. I need you. Yeah. That's all faith is. Right. That's your ticket to ride. And you don't have to know how to do it right. No. It doesn't have to be. I think so many people think, I think one of his biggest hangups is person I'm referring to is he doesn't know how to do it. And if he doesn't know how to do it, he's not going to do it. He yeah. wants to, he wants to know what it's going to look like. And that's not what a Jesus journey is. Nope. We don't know what it looks like. No. And, I feel, and, that, and that was, and that was the damage that, that was the damage. I feel like that can happen at church when we've got too much ritual, too much religion, too many mm-hmm. traditions where, yeah, we know what it looks like, but then is there any meaning in that? Right. You know, is there, is it, is it organic enough? And I just feel like for me, it never was. And so to my first point, Alpha. Mm-hmm. So if you've not been part of Alpha, find an Alpha and do it right now. We're in the middle of an Alpha here. Um, 
uh, that we're doing online and we're going to do one right after that. And I'm going to invite Mandy and her friends to come to that alpha. And so like we're doing it on zoom right now, but it, to your point about like, why do we have to do this? And so we go through week by week, who was Jesus? Did he really live? And if he did, did he really die? Why did he have to die? That seems like a stupid thing. Right. And like, and like, how can I even have faith in this world? And how do I pray? And why do I need to go to church? And who's the Holy spirit? And like how all these things work, because for a lot of us that were raised kind of in church or even like fully in church, we just took our parents word for it or sister Joselle's word for it or pastor Brian's word for it. And it wasn't ours. We were right. wearing hand me down faith mm-hmm. that didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And so alpha is this great way to go back and ask those questions as adults and say, I want to ask this. Why do, why do kids get cancer? Cause that's stupid. Right. Right. And, like, right. Let's and those are through. questions I can't answer. Right. right. So when someone challenges me on the God thing or the Jesus journey and they're like, well, then why does this happen? And I'm like, Shoot. Right. I don't know, but yeah. I, I have to believe that there's a reason. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a million answers to that. None, yeah. of, them, none of them are going to be satisfying if you're looking to not have that answered. Right. You know what I mean? Cause if you're looking to say like, why are kids starving in Africa? Well, I mean like, I don't think that makes God happy, but I don't think God made that happen. He gave right. all of man free will. Right. And because, and because man are dinks, yes. right? They're going to be dinks to their fellow man. Right. Not everyone loves their neighbor. Right. It, he doesn't let someone die in a car crash when they decide to go 80 miles an hour around a curve. That's right. not his choice. That's that's man's choice. Right. Right. And I say man, cause no woman would ever do that. Nice. Live that in there. All right. Well, if they're a mom of three with yelling kids in the car, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But I do think, you know, kind of to your point with, um, the church being so biblical and so traditional and, um, and life church is not like this, but I, I mentioned this to you before, you know, Sean has this amazing way of telling the story and sharing the message, but what he does, at the end is always what I need. I need him to take it and show me how he's applied it to his life. Whether that's him sharing the past that he and Sonny had and the choices that they made that weren't, that were before his Jesus journey, um, that I'm like, okay, like if he can come back from this, I can make a mistake and be forgiven. Yeah. In fact, right? better, better than that, Mandy, is that he talks about those things that like even this, in this term, he talks about it, like on his Jesus journey. Yeah. Because listen, the Jesus journey isn't about arriving. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey on purpose. Like some yes. people think that I'm not ready to give up all the crap in my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm ready, I'll go to church. Like I'll give it all up and go to church. That's not, that's no. putting the cart before the horse. Yes. Cause I don't have the capacity to get rid of all my crap. Right. The only way I can get rid of my crap is like to be a Jesus person. Right. He gives me, you know, that's what like animates me and motivates me to get rid of it. And there's not a dumpster in front of the church in the parking lot that when you jump, when you come in, you get to dump it all in. You might throw a piece in the trash can, but you don't get to dump it all in and just be like, well, I'm here. You have, I mean, there's a process to it, but what I love about what Sean does after his message is he always brings it to reality in usually a situation that he's been through or somebody on the staff has been through. And I can then put it right into my path and be like, oh, now I get it because the Bible can be tough and the stories can be hard to follow. And, you know, people are changing their names and they're going from this to this and it's hard to keep track of. But when he can say, well, I was in Detroit and that didn't look so good. And then Sonny and I were in trouble and that didn't look so good. And then we did this and then boom, out of nowhere, there was this little church in Green Bay, you know, like that to me is like, okay, not all of the decisions on my journey or all the things that have happened on my journey are for nothing. Right. Right. They brought me to this point. And none of them disqualifies you from the love of Jesus Christ. Right. None of them. So amazing. Yeah. All Mm -hmm. right. That's good.
Cool. Well, this was fun. It was fun. Manny Wilk, I loved having you. Well, you were great. I kind of feel like it was your show and I was just guesting on I it. I mean, that's kind of the way I like to run things, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was super great having you. I hope you come back again for another Absolutely. time. Absolutely. I would love to. So listen, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Let them know that, oh my gosh, you should hear what Manny Wilkie said about this or what Scott added to he whatever piped man, in man, once in a while he said we love that and if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms we'll see you next week